Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Burgundy Network Podcast with Josh Taylor, HTTR. What's up, Redskins fans? Welcome to another episode of the Burgundy Network Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. And I have a special episode for y'all today. Joining me from Let's Talk Redskins, I've got my guy Steve. I'm super excited to see what he has to say about this free agency. Uh, and that's exactly what we're going to do today is talk about the Redskins. So, Steve, welcome to the podcast, man. Definitely appreciate you coming on. Hey, what's going on, man? I appreciate you coming uh, having me on the show, man. Huge favor of the fan base. You know, Let's Talk Redskins. Fan base loves you, uh, loves everything y'all do. Happy to have you on today, man, because we've got a few things we got to talk about. Uh, but definitely the first one is the elephant in the room that just happened literally minutes ago. Quentin Dunbar. Uh getting shopped around looks like finally by the Redskins a uh, little bit of a, a risky tweet sending out something about the head trainer what's your first thoughts about that look man at the end of the day this is how I think about it the, the more you talk the, the lower your 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 market gets the more and more you try to blame people for your miscomings now granted even if it was the head trainer's fault because obviously you know we've had issues with that you just you don't need to do that. Trent's already addressed the elephant in the room when it comes to training staff. Um, he's already done that. He's already taken that burden on him. Um, a- after that, it's just noise, in my opinion. So, like, if that's an issue, that's fine. Just keep quiet and then let them know that you want to be traded. It's too easy. Exactly. And like you said, it's been addressed. All of the trainers have been, you know, refreshed. Whoever was here is gone now. So you're literally just talking about someone that doesn't even exist in the organization anymore. So. It might hurt, you know, your chances getting that big deal with another team. They might label that as quote-unquote character issues, but nonetheless, um, something that we've been talking about is what we could possibly get for Dunbar. You know, I've been saying, you know, fourth would be like best-case scenario, maybe a fifth. Um, what, what, what do you think would be a reasonable trade value for Dunning? Well, it would have been a fourth, um, possibly a third, just because of his. Uh, good pa- his past uh, pretty pretty solid season um, but after seeing all these trades and the way that they uh, grade certain players um, I would be surprised if we got a fourth possibly a fifth for him I, I agree like it's just I feel like some people just aren't as graded as uh, I, I what did I think I think the Eagles gave up a third for Darius Slay? Yeah, it's like a third and a later pick. I want to say it was like right. a later pick too, but still. Right, and so Darius Slay, in my opinion, is 10 times better than Quentin Dunbar. Oh, um, so sure. if you're getting if you're getting a third for him, um, you, you might get a, a full late fourth, uh, early fifth for Dunbar. Yeah, the injuries has been the whole nagging thing, but he said in his tweet just now he's healthy, and the reason he missed out on some games was because the training staff, not his decision, might be good for us if teams like, hey, maybe he's not always hurt, uh, so maybe he can help us out a little bit, but still, I think that's realistic, and, um, you know, taking a look at free agency, we did get Kendall Fuller back, that was huge, you know, taking a look at that secondary, um, he is that flexible guy that can play that slot corner, he also had some snaps in Kansas City at the free safety spot, which were hurting, so, I know I was hyped when we first got him back, I'm sure you were too, what was your first thoughts on getting Kendall back? 
So once once the big guys were off the board, um, when it came to Byron Jones and um, shoot, who was the other one that just came off the board first? Um, I can't even think about it. Regardless, um, oh, uh, Bradbury. Once I saw their price, um, I was like, Bradbury for sure. I, I didn't think that he deserved 15, and he's still a solid player, though. But once Byron Jones was gone, the next best player was Kendall Fuller. And, and once we solidified him at $10 million, which in my opinion, after going from 16 to 15, and then from 15 to the next best, which was 10, um, I feel like we got a steal. Oh, yeah. um, and he, the fact, and I continue to tell people this guy is not just a cornerback. He's, like you just said, I call him Sacks all the time. S A K Swiss Army Knife. He can literally play it. And like when Ron even said it, with I think with every single pick that we've gotten, every single one of these players can play multiple positions. And he preached that right when he got here. And he said, I want players that are versatile and I want players that can play multiple positions. So if someone goes down, we don't have to rely on one guy. Yeah, so you know, and and one thing I do like is him, you know, going to Kansas City, coming back. You know, I would say he's more experienced now. He's not that old. What is he like? Twenty seven, probably twenty six. Twenty five. He 25. he just turned yeah. twenty five in February. So, yeah, exactly. So you know, having that Super Bowl ring kind of brings it over. Something I've liked about Ron too. They have that experience. They know what it takes to get to the next level. For sure. And you know, he was part of that deal with Alex Smith. We still have Alex on the books. Um, and that's something that's kind of held us back in the cap. And it's really interesting because going into free agency, you know, fans think that we have just like this unlimited cap. <laughs> it's like For we're sure. going to sign Hooper, we're going to get Jones, we're going to get yep. Amari Cooper. And at the end of the day, like kind just showed, uh, and, you know, Alan Lepore also, someone in our uh, group chat, shout out to Alan, check out his stuff. He had a really good breakdown on uh, the free agency. But we really don't have that much cap, you know, dealing mm-hmm. with sheriff's contract. I can see why we haven't extended it yet because we are dealing with a limited cap. And then, you know, we still have Trent. We're not too sure about, and then we have Alex Smith on the book. So, you know, we are running out of cap space, but there's still some viable options that we could take a look at. Um, I think the biggest to me is, you know, we've talked about it. We still need to address that wide receiver. You know, you can you know, save money as much as you want all day, but at the end of the day, Dwayne Haskins can't just, you know, throw it up to himself and catch it. So <laughs> taking a look at who is left, we've seen, you know, some of the later guys like Sanders go off the bar, uh, go off the board. Who are some guys that you have your eyes on right now that you think we could bring in for a reasonable price? <laughs> a reasonable price. This is something that we've argued about yes. <laughs> personally. <laughs> um, and um... – Right now, the only two people that I would honestly look at now, granted, now that we finally talked about and broke it down, um, depending on the price, is Robbie Anderson. Um, and that's kind of like the throw up for everybody. I don't think it's just us. I think it's just like, all right, if, do we get him? Do we not get him? What's the price for him? Um, if the price is 8 to $10 million, I'm not giving you that. Yeah. Um, if the price is maybe like 6 I, I, we can work with that, um, depending on the guaranteed money. Um, but I think another person that I would – slide in there is Devin Funches. Now, granted, he's coming up at a $10 million uh, season, which yeah, I think he only played like one game. Um, but at the end of the day, that's still Ron. He still worked with Ron. Um, and it, he, I, I can almost guarantee that he knows he's not going to get $10 million again. Um, so that's another young guy. I, this is why I, I was on Twitter a lot, and everyone was like, you know, why are you – Number one, everyone kept asking, who's your number one guy in free agency before it all started? And I said, Amari Cooper, flat out. Like, that was my number one guy. I don't care about anybody else. Every other position was deep except for wide receiver. You you, you could wait until 
three, four guys got off the board and you could still get a solid starter in almost every aspect that we needed. Wide receiver, it was Amari Cooper, and then it was like garbage after that. Yeah. Comparing. Um, and Amari Cooper is just, it, it was like a tier one compared to a tier three. And that's why I wanted him so bad. If I didn't get him, there really wasn't nothing but scraps left. And we don't want to pull another Paul Richardson because the reason why Paul Richardson got on the team and got so much money is because we waited so long. People don't really want to come to Washington. And then we ended up having to overpay for him because he was the last guy left, apparently, you know, essentially as a starter. And so and we see how that worked out and we don't want to overpay for somebody. And I see that Ron is very, very good with his money. We can see that he's literally gotten, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten guys. Um, and they're, I don't, the, the biggest contract is maybe nine, ten million dollars. Other than that, it's probably like at most five million dollars. So he's getting good with his money, but at the same time, we don't want to overpay for somebody that's not going to produce. Exactly. So, like, what we're saying is, you know, Amari Cooper or Bus was pretty much the situation. And I, I mean, I still think there's definitely possibilities. You're still going to sign a wide receiver at three, four mil a year. You know, I talk about yeah. Pearman, maybe Tajay Sharp or uh, Rashad Higgins from the Browns has been popping up also. But you're still you're going to sign somebody. It's just a matter of time. I think you know I've been calling yeah. it the Ron the Ron Rivera yard sale. You know, getting <laughs> these great values, like you said, everyone can play different positions. And, you know, at a certain price, he's like, you know, yep. I'm not going to overspend. I'm not going to drown in these terrible contracts and get desperate for wins. We're going to build this the right way. And, you know, if we're, if we're, you know, you know, a five win team next season, that's okay. We're, we're more worried about the long-term success instead of just yep. a fast turnover. Um, but, you know, like I said, I, I definitely think that there is a plan. And I think that, you know, outside of Amari Cooper, there's some options for us. Uh, but looking at the tight end spot, and this one really had our uh, <laughs> had a couple of us scratching our heads. Logan Thomas. So everyone knew him in in the Virginia area. I mean, I'm Central Virginia, so I knew that he played at Tech as a quarterback. But turned as a tight end in the NFL, big frame. I mean, you just said it before we started recording. Six six two fifty. The fact that he was ever a quarterback, like I don't know how you get tackled as a quarterback. Yeah, I don't size. either, man. Yeah, but, but playing a, a tight end spot, you know, and it's funny because his only touchdown last season came against us, of course. Mm. Um, but one thing that we mentioned uh, that we we're kind of thinking about, do you think he could have like that possible emergency quarterback situation if, you know, God forbid something like 2018 happens again? Look, and it, you never know. Um, at the end of the day, depending on what Ron likes to run, because I know depending on the team, um, teams like to either run a two quarterback on the 53 or three um if you have logan thomas um and you want to pick up a backup just for case you know just in case you don't have to pick up a third if if, if he does want to run three yeah. but at the end of the day i i'm gonna be honest with you as an emergency yes if we have somehow um 2018 happen again um where we went through like nine quarterbacks in a matter of two weeks um yeah, that that's very smart to do. Um, but as a backup, no, there's there's no chance. I don't think he's played quarterback in God knows how long. Um, so, when's the last time he played quarterback? I don't even think he played quarterback in the NFL. Oh, he did t- 2014. He got drafted he played by one the Cardinals, game. I think, in, in the fourth they, round. Yep. Yeah, and, they and he played one game. Yeah. And after that, in 2014, he stopped playing that at all. Like, oh no, I'm sorry, Buffalo. He played. 
He he completed one pass in Buffalo when he Probably was there. Probably a trick play, honestly. <laughs> Probably. I mean, it was uh, yeah, it was literally for fifteen. What I'm reading is fifteen yards. Yeah. But for Arizona, he went one for nine for eighty-one yards and a touchdown. Yeah. So I mean, it, so, it's there if you need it. It's just like right. the fact that Ron said, "Hey, you know, he is a big guy." I mean, we saw, I saw a video of him laying a guy out on a block. Uh, Oh yeah, with the with Buffalo. <laughs> that was crazy. Yeah, he just tractored this this poor guy. Yeah, for over. sure. And the guy for was sure. in, actually got a concussion after that, which isn't funny. But still, like just seeing that, like he has that aggression, and you like seeing that because you know you see the quarterbacks get hype after like laying out a block, and now he's a tight end yep. doing it every play. So, yep. but other than that, one one signing that's going really under the radar that I personally am hype about is uh, JD. Because, you know, we saw what he did. He bounced around with a couple teams. I think he was most recently with uh, Detroit. And he is a very versatile running back. You know, he's labeled as that that third down running back. Kind of like Chris Thompson was who, you know, RIP, hate to see him go. Uh, Pretty much official, he's gone. But so J.D. McKissick's taking over that spot. I'm excited to see what this guy can do because I saw him on a couple plays catching the ball. And if you take a look at what Scott Turner did with Christian McCaffrey in that offense, that's something that they really need. So, you know, taking a look at him, what's one thing that really stood out to you? The way that so Pro Football Reference has him completely wrong in his head. They have his position as a wide receiver, yes. <laughs> but but it actually is very interesting to me because the way that he like I don't know. So the difference between, in my opinion, him. I mean, Christian McCaffrey, obviously Christian McCaffrey is 10 times better than him. But um, when it comes down to it is that he he actually runs routes like a receiver. He actually catches the ball like a receiver. He doesn't catch it like a running back that can receive. He actually is making moves, and they're lining him up like they weren't. I, I was like, watching some of his plays in Seattle and in Detroit, um, but like they were lining him up in the slot as a receiver instead of a running back coming out of the backfield or just playing wide receiver. So the fact, again, going back to versatility, that's what stood out the most, is that he has the moves, and he's, he's really quick, too. Like, I remember they, they passed the ball, and he caught out like, the 20-yard line, made one dude miss, and was just gone. Like, the dude is fast, and that's exactly what we need. And the fact that he's 5'10", 195 pounds, having, when you're receiving back, that's why I don't think Chris Thompson lasted. The dude is, like, 170 pounds soaking wet. And when you're that small, granted, he can be fast, but once you get hit, your body takes a toll when you're that small. And so the fact that he has a little bit of weight on him actually helps, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, when you're running that fast, it does, you know, make a difference getting hit, you know, going full speed. And like you said, Chris Thompson had his injuries all the way back to Florida State. Uh, definitely had a lot of production here. At one point, he was our leading receiver in 2018, I think. So mm-hmm. just showing what he can do, it's definitely something we needed to replace. And uh, it's it's known that we're, you know, kind of questioning if Love's going to be ready and what the health of Geis is going to look like over time. I didn't really see a signing a free agent uh, running back. I saw that, you know, I kind of figured we would draft one. but So this one kind of surprised me. But at the end mm-hmm. of the day, the more I looked at it, like you said, I'm really excited to see what he can do. Uh, because I think he is going to fill that void. And he's durable. I don't think he's had any injuries since he's been in the NFL. Uh, he had three years with the Seahawks. I don't think he missed a single game, and he averaged like five and a half carries, uh, five and a half yards per carry. So, he's definitely going to be a standout. But to get that production, you need guys up front, and uh, there's two guys that we added to the line 
Once again, both can kind of move around. Both can play different spots. Uh, but first off, the guard, Wes Schwitzer. I kind of call him the Wes. He can probably be our Swiss Army Knife because his name's kind of like it. Yeah. But <laughs> the former Falcon. Uh, it's funny because people think he could actually possibly battle for the, the guard spot with Wes Martin. What do you think about that? Because, you know, Wes did have a really good first season. Yeah. Um, so I was reading a lot about his by the way pro football reference has him yet again incorrect they have him as an offensive tackle um but i mean it's cool whatever um at the end of the day i think that i was reading about a lot of people like Atlanta falcons when they were talking about him and what his potential was um and they said that the one thing that was good about him was he starter caliber caliber no he was not they said but the fact that he just kept pushing himself because somehow I read an article saying that he just kept finding his way back on the starting lineup. Like someone would get injured and he would step up and he would play that position. And he's just a dog and he's a fighter. And do I think that he'll beat him out? He has a possibility, but they said that he did have a lot of work to do still. He's only 26, which is good. Um, but I think that Wes, I think it's Wes's job to lose. Um, but I think that if he has a chance, he he could beat him out. But I I don't I don't see that happening in my opinion. Yeah, I mean they're both West, so at the end of the day, one on one of the Wests will start. <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Well, go ahead and mark it. But it's really funny because uh, my boss actually used to work for ESPN in Atlanta. So as soon as that trade happened, I I uh, asked him about West and exactly what you said. He said this guy just doesn't go away. He had a great work ethic. I mean, we saw the uh, Redskins Twitter account retweet his uh, workouts. He's moving boulders yep. at his new home already. Like, he's just, you know, not satisfied with just sitting around. So that, that to me, just shows that, you know, he's he wants to battle. He's not afraid, and he's going to be sticking around. So the other guy, uh, Cornelius Lucas, which this one was, to me, the one that we needed because, you know, we do have all these question marks with Trent. Mm-hmm. We don't know about Moses. You know, mm-hmm. that, that's the big elephant in the room, too. You either love him or you hate him. Yeah, we have all these injuries on the line, but Cornelius Lucas is really interesting to me because the more research I did on him, you know, he played both tackle spots. He's kind of like a swing tackle with the Bears, but he struggled the last year he stepped up, and he was actually their most improved player on the Bears squad. So uh, that's something that stood out to me. And, you know, if it comes down to it, do you think he would be more likely to start in Trent's spot, or do you think Moses could actually have that battle with him? You know, no, don't don't ask me that question because you know <laughs> my answer is going to be: Look, if you, you know want me, Trent to come back. no, I do want Trent to come back. I do, but I, if you know me, if anyone knows me on Twitter, I am not a big fan of Morgan Moses. Um, do I think that he he can be a most improved player all you want at the end of the day? Um, I'm not trying to be mean. I like him though. I like him because they had the same. So this is kind of the same situation that they thought Christian, uh, Jaron Christian would have been because mm-hmm. he was a swing tackle at Louisiana, uh, Louisville. Yeah. And yeah, that's just that that's just not happening. And I continue to tell people, you know, why he did that is because he probably I think he only had 12 reps at uh, at the combine. Um, and I know the combine shouldn't be weighed about that, but it just shows how weak he is, because every game that he started, he got thrown around like a rag doll. Um and this guy, Cornelius Lucas, is 6'8", 327 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> that's um, it's a big huge. dude. Yeah, that's a big dude. And I think that he has a better chance. Um, as much as I don't like Morgan Moses, I don't think that he'll take anybody's spot. But if you if you gave me the opportunity, I think he would take that right tackle spot more than Trent, in my opinion, if we do keep Trent. 
Um, but I wouldn't trust them to start, in my opinion. I think the people that we have in place um, should start and should play. But if if we're in a pinch, I, I like like you were saying, I like this guy because if you can play both, and you're actually good at both, um, you're you're good enough. That's okay with me, and that's what we need. Yeah, and one thing that I keep thinking to myself is, you know, Ron says. You know, not one guy has their job set. I think there's absolutely going to be a lot of competitions that we're not expecting. I think this is going to be one of them. Um, you know, whether if Trent's gone and it's down to uh, Cornelius Lucas and uh, John Christian, or if it's going to be competing on the other side with Morgan Moses. I think come training camp, this is going to be one that's talked about pretty often by local media. Yeah. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, we saw him uh, kind of plowing through Demarcus Lawrence, and <laughs> we obviously love that. He's going to see him twice. For sure. So, like, like you said, he, he might not have that technique, but when you're that freaking big, it's just your 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 density and who you are as, you know, an athlete, being able to, you know, use that athleticism can kind of make up for that, uh, that lack of technique. So, I'm excited to see what he can do. Uh, but I know this is probably one of your other guys, too. Uh, you know, we need that free safety, and we signed Sean Davis, that one-year deal. Maryland football guy. I know you're a huge Terp fan. Oh, always, always. You know it. <laughs> Go ahead, give your shout-outs. I know hey, you're, uh, man. you're down sure. right now from uh, March Madness. I know you all going to have a magical run. But this guy's from D.C. I'm, I'm a Virginia boy. I'm not as D.C. as you know everybody in the Redskins fan base. But I'm a huge Virginia boy. So if you're in the DMV, you're family to me is what I say. Um, For sure. But, you know, comeback season, going to the IR, I think you only played one game last year with that shoulder injury. Yep. I seen a shoulder, I saw a back, I saw a little bit of contradicting on his injury, but still, the guy has a lot of talent. Uh, there's some tackling issues, you know, possibly in some tapes, but, you know, taking over that spot, you know, we're, we have those questions with Monte. We don't know if he's going to stay out of trouble, what he's, what he's going to do coming up. Yeah. So if you're looking at those two, do you think that Sean Davis would be a solid starter, or do you think we still need to uh, take a look at as a safety in the draft? So if you ask me, I don't see him as a viable uh, starter. Uh, if you look at the money, you're not going to pay a guy to sit on the bench $5 million, in my opinion, uh, at that position. Now, maybe if he was like a quarterback, because I think that Colt and um, – what's his name? Case Keenan were making like six uh, to sit on the bench, both, both of them. Uh, um, so $5 million for a safety. Um, I, I think they expect him to start um, – I don't know though. It's just, it's hard because I've seen so much good tape and I've seen so much. I wouldn't say bad tape. He just takes and I don't I don't say poor. They say poor tackling. I don't think it's poor tackling. I think it's more of he just takes chances. Yeah. Um, and when you take chances, you either hit or you whiff. Um, and that's with anything. Like you know, if you have a cornerback that goes for the ball, you either get the interception or you miss it completely and they score a touchdown. You know what I'm saying? So, it he takes a lot of chances, which is is can be a good thing and a bad thing because. I mean, at the end of the day, you want people to be hungry for the ball. And, and if he wants, to, if a free safety can lay the wood, why not? Exactly. Yeah, no, that's, that's what, that's, that's like your whole purpose is being able to tackle and lay the wood. I mean, you would go right. back to Sean Taylor, Brian Dawkins, Ed Reed. That's pretty much what these guys were watching growing up. And that's kind of what they want to, you know, relate themselves to. And he talked about how much, you know, Sean Taylor had an impact on him growing up in D.C., we hear that yeah. a lot, but when someone's from D.C. like that, you know it's genuine. Like, you know with Lane Collins, we talked about it. He absolutely wanted to come to the Redskins. You know, he was sad he got drafted by the Giants, but glad to have him here now. But For sure. So one thing you said was, you know, he did get paid $5 million. I think 
Haha Clinton Dicks only got paid four, so you know, seeing Haha go over to the Cowboys, they're they might have lost mm. Byron Jones, but they're still building out that secondary. They still have some needs. Um, yeah. I, I look. I'm an Alabama fan. It kills me to see any Alabama players go to the Cowboys. Down to Bo Scarbo being like the fourth string running back at the Cowboys. Sure. That killed me. So for sure, seeing Haha go over there, that was a little hurtful. Um, but, you know, that was a name that we've kind of tossed around a little bit. There's still some safeties out there we're taking a look at. Like you said, we've been talking about it. There might be some safeties available late in the draft. But, you know, going forward, I don't think Sean Davis would be that solid starter, especially, after, no. you know, coming back from IR. Uh, yeah. it's, it's a huge role to take over. But maybe Monte will step up, seeing there's some competition. And the next one. Uh, Hold on. I'm sorry. Real quick. I, just, I want people to understand this. So, I'm just looking at his stats real quick. In 2017, he played strong safety. So if you know a little bit about football, you understand that the strong safety is more the hitter and the free safety is more of the, you know, cover, you know, you're kind of roaming, you know, it's more, they get more of the flashy picks and stuff like that, yeah. correct? Correct. This guy was a strong safety in 2017 and had three picks. Um, and then he moved out to free safety and only had one. Um, but he literally, in his th- three years that he played, had 20 and I'm sorry, he had, t- had 70 combined tackles, 92 and 80. Um, so when they say he has tackling issues, again, that's what I'm saying. It's either you hit or you miss. And when you have 92 combined tackles as a strong safety and then 80 as a free safety, it, there isn't, I mean, I mean, let's just be honest, there is no tackling issue. Yeah. Um, now, granted, there, there's going to be tape where he misses. I don't expect anybody to be perfect. But I mean, in his in his three years he played, he, he had five interceptions, and a hundred two hundred forty seven combined, and a hundred ninety solo tackles. So well, I mean, I mean, let's just be honest. Like, granted, everyone's not gonna he's gonna take a lot of chances. He's gonna whiff. Got it. Cool. He could be a liability. But if we're gonna look at tackles, this guy had eighty as a free safety. So I mean I just I, I I don't I don't I like to look I like to be on the fence and I look at everything. I'm gonna look at bad tape, I'm gonna look at good tape and then let's make a decision about what we're doing here. You know what I'm saying? So I just wanna throw that out because at strong safety he had a ninety two and then he went to free and only missed that ninety two by twelve. Yeah. So that's a really good point because, I mean, imagine moving Landon, who gets this quote-unquote box safety, you know, tag thrown on him. He had, like, almost 90 tackles last year, I yep. think. So, and that's the, that's what you're expected to do as a, as a box safety. You know, you're tackling linebackers. You're, you know, yep. involved in the run game. So you're expected to get more tackles. So, no, that's a, that's a huge nugget. So, like you said, there's going to be whiffs. <laughs> there's going to be guys like Tyreek Hill is going to make you miss. There's no doubt about it. Yep. So take a look at the positives. Uh, good point on that. Appreciate you bringing that up. Um, yep. And speaking of tackles, this guy would have led the Redskins last year in tackles. Uh, this is hands down Ron's favorite guy. Uh, you know, coming over from the Panthers, you know, he played that one season with the Chargers. But Thomas Davis coming over with that vet leadership, coming off of a huge season, three-time Pro Bowler, Played seven seasons with Ron Rivera. This is funny because we always pointed out and said, oh, this guy got cut from the Panthers. He's probably coming to the Redskins. But this is one we realistically thought would possibly happen. And sure enough, Ron got his guy. I like it. You know, I, I talked about it on the linebacker podcast. We don't know what Ruben Foster's going to do. And he's for sure the will starter. Like, if he's healthy, he's starting for sure. 
but I don't think he is. So we needed that role spot, and you know, having that cheaper option in Thomas Davis come in with that vet leadership, definitely hype about that. But you know, what, what do you think about Thomas Davis? You know, he is a little older, but he's still got some juice in him. For sure, yeah. When when he first came, when they first announced that, that was the biggest head scratcher for me. I was like, dude, what? Like we're sitting here, you know, yeah, we're sitting here signing 26 year olds, and then you literally go 10 years above, and you do that. And the only thing that I could think of, um, initially, was leadership and locker room. But then I did a little bit of deeper dive. It's third and long. The quarterback's got to shave some yards off here to have any chance to score. Let's see what he does. He drops back. He has a guy downfield, but he doesn't see him. He tries to hand the ball off to a cheap razor. Boom! He's nicked in the sack. It's a fumble, and the ball is going the other way. That one's going to hurt for a while. What in the world was he thinking? Let's go to the monitors and see exactly what went wrong. You know, this offseason, his coaches at Manscaped enhanced the lawnmower 3.0 offense to a whopping 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. They gave him all the chances he had to get that safe clean cut up the sideline with the cutting edge ceramic blade, but instead he got nicked on the sack by a rusty defense. If he would have used the LED light that comes with the 3.0, there is no doubt he would have been able to see his playing field much better. Looks like he's gonna be going over to the sideline with his Manscaped coaches Grab the tablet, see what went wrong, and if he's smart, he's going to go over to manscaped.com and use the code BNP20 to save 20% off his entire cart with free shipping. That's right. Use code BNP20 to save 20% off your entire cart with free shipping. Don't keep making the same mistakes and give your balls a clean pocket next time. And there's no doubt the result will be a touchdown. This guy's... 36 years old and didn't miss a game. And then he had 65 solo. Belated birthday, Thomas Davis. Shout out to you. Happy birthday. Shout out. Happy birthday, bro. But he had 65 tackles in a sack. That's crazy. Like, so, oh, no, that's solo. Hold on. Let's look at combined. So we look at combined. He had 112, dude, at 36. What are we talking about here? Like, and look, look at this. If you look at his stats, dude, from 2012 all the way until 20, what, 15, he had oh, he had 100 tackles a season for yeah. five years straight. Then he had 76 and 79, and it looks like he might have been injured because he missed in a couple of games. And then his last year when he was with the Chargers, he was 36 years old, started every single game, played every single game, and had 112 combined tackles with a sack and 65 by himself. Yeah, and like, that's that is that's nuts. Keekly, right. The Panthers, and then you got Melvin Ingram on the Chargers, and you're still eating yep. like that. Bro, I'm, I'm, I'm like that. That's nuts. And when I did that, because officially I was like, nah, man, like this is a stupid signing. Like I'm not with this. I mean, granted, I know you need your vets. And I think what Ron did, which he was really smart about, is he said everyone that he trusts. The only thing that I'm worried about is the tight end and the wide receiver position, because for every young core he got, he got a a, a vet to come in or someone that has experience. Like for instance, Kendall Fuller, he's not necessarily a vet, but he has been to the Super Bowl. He's played in the Super Bowl and he's played for a winning team. He's played for Andy Reid. So that brings over that experience coming back to the Redskins and now being able to feed these young guys on what to do and how to prepare yourself. So, but like every young core that he said he believed in, which the linebacking core, we kept preaching, Corey Littleton, Corey Littleton, we need a linebacker. 
but he said it off rip. And then I was talking to my man, Zach Selby, shout out to Zach Selby from the Washington Redskins. Um, go watch his show. Um, he pretty much said that he thinks that Ron is not going to sign a linebacker unless it's somebody to help these young guys, because he believes that much in this young core. Um, we're still skeptical about it because you have Ruben Foster coming off an injury, and I can almost guarantee he's at least going to start off on the PUP or IR. Yeah. So we're not going to see him at the minimum till week eight. Um, and then you have John Bostic. He's a depth body, in my opinion. He's decent. Um, and then you have two – you have a rookie, and then you have Sean Deon Hamilton, which hasn't played a full season since he's been in the NFL. Yeah. So it's scary. But once I did the deep dive, I was like, I'm okay. It was like, okay, let's bring John Bostic in. Let's do. I mean, uh, let let let's bring Thomas Davidson. I'm okay with this. Let, you know, let's bring him and give him, <laughs> let him run that defense. Yeah, no, it's. I mean, I I was I didn't even know his stats last season. When I saw that, I was like, holy cow! Like, that's way more than any Redskin had last season. And you know, 2014 Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year. Like, he has not only the on the field accolades, but he has that locker room presence. Yep. And he has that giant syringe that's just going to inject all of Ron's culture into the locker room. And I think that's exactly what he wanted. And we talked about it. You know, yep. having these young core guys, having that vet. You know, say these guys retire in like two years. You know, Ron has this building plan. He's not trying to win next year and just get desperate and throw out money to everybody. If you, t- if you really think about it, when these guys retire, you know, like Thomas Davis, AP retires, in two years, like, their blueprint's still going to be here. These young guys yep. are still going to have that experience of playing with them, and our core is going to be stronger because of it. We're not going to have a bunch of young bucks running around still, you know, just going strictly off of skill. They have that, that depth and have that, you know, inactive of how to play football. So I'm all for it. I love vet guys. You know, if you can get your right guy, then go for it. I think that's why some of us want Funches, you know, even though he did <laughs> finesse the Colts last year with that one year, uh, $10 million. I think that would be someone we would look at, too, just for that reason. Um, and then, you know, taking a look at guy bringing guys back like Nate Orchard. I was hype about that. Loved his story. I liked, you know, his plays, you know, especially against the Panthers. He pretty much <laughs> helped us get Ron Rivera. Uh, so sure. he definitely earned his contract. And like you said, John Bostick coming back. Some people have him starting in the middle. I don't know. I think Sean John Hamilton will if he's healthy. And then uh, there's uh, Kevin Pierre-Lewis from the Bears that we signed. You know, I see him as more as a special teams guy. Did you do any kind of research on Kevin, find anything interesting on him? So the biggest thing that I found on him, now granted he only played in – he played in 14 games but only started three. But the biggest thing that steps out, that's you know, that sticks out to me. Um, so stat-wise, I'll bring up stat-wise, and then I'm going to – I read an article about him. Okay. Um, in his three games, he had an interception. Um, he had three pass deflections, and he had 37 combined tackles. Um, so, and they were saying essentially the game against the Cowboys, where which I believe they won, um, and I believe it was a Monday night game. He actually came in from an infirmary. I don't know who was injured exactly, um, but they there was one of their starters got injured, and he stepped in and made a, like, last-minute tackle. And they were saying that he essentially was kind of like Cornelius um, Lucas, and he was kind of on that rise. Um, I do believe that he's going to be a special teamer, but he's just kind of one of those contributors that if you need somebody in a pinch or somebody goes down, he can step up and be that guy. 
Can he give you 16 games? Probably not. And I think that's literally almost everyone on this roster except for Thomas Davis and Kendall Fuller. Yeah. Um, will they give you 16 games? No. But if we go down, Ron knows that this team has been hurting with injuries. Yeah. And they know that he needs depth. And he continued to say that. Going back real quick, uh, I talked to Zach Selby, and he was like, look, when Ron said that we would be active in free agency, he never said I'd make a splash. He never said that I was going for the big guy. He just said we'll be active. Signing okay. 10 guys is active. <laughs> and what he meant by that was, obviously, he meant that he was going to sign depth guys. And he needs guys to come back. He's He was okay with his starting core. He was okay with them, and he said that. He said, I love who we have. I love our young core. I love what they're doing. I love the, what, the direction that they're going. And now we just need people to back them up because we have nobody. So I, I'm okay with I like this. And it, depending on the money, I'm trying to think of what he got. Oh, he got a one-year $3 million. And I can guarantee it's not fully $3 million. There's incentives. There's uh, – I can almost guarantee it, it's, a, it's a prove-it deal. Can you come back and be that special teamer or that or that, you know, third uh, or fourth um, linebacker? So I'm okay with this. Yeah, no, for sure. I think he will be mostly a special teams guy, but he has that balanced ability to play. You know, he's great at tackling, he's great at pass rush, and he, he can be good in coverage. So if Ruben Foster doesn't go, I could see him absolutely being a backup at the will spot and kind of covering our tails there. But so, you know, we took a look at the Redskins. You know, like I said, it's been active. It's not exactly what we were hoping. I think it started off on the wrong foot with Amari Cooper, and then the fan base kind of got anxious and said, okay, well, you know, we missed out on our guy. Like, what? what's next? Like, that can't, that can't be it. And I, I think yeah. that Ron is sticking to his plan. I feel really good about, uh, you know, his discipline. I feel like in recent history, you know, we'd sign Albert Hainsworth, uh, we'd get desperate and just mm. throw these terrible contracts out for guys who aren't yep. going to play. Um, same with Paul Richardson. Sorry, man. But and mm. I think I think there's still a, a possibility in taking a look at some guys. But, you know, one thing we need to take a look at is who we're playing twice a year, and that's the NFC East. And there are some teams yep. that made some huge changes. So, you know, we talked about the Cowboys getting Hockland and Dix, somehow getting Amari Cooper back, you know. We did offer for more, but one thing Kime said was, you know, with state tax and stuff like that, it kind of balanced out. Yep. So it was just pretty much a straight-up picking Dallas over us. And I can't say I blame them because when you got Dak Prescott and all his weapons yep. coming back, re-signing Blake Jarlin, they signed names like Drill McCoy, who I forgot was still in the league. Um, but still. Oh, man. To me, that that's scary, too, because yeah. as a depth guy, man, I can guarantee he'll still put up, you know, put in some good work. Dude, can you imagine Lawrence and then McCoy? That's what I'm saying, dude. Like, and they have it. People don't understand is that the Cowboys, a lot of people believe that it was just a, a, a coaching problem. Because if you look at their stats, people as Redskins fans don't want to look at it. But they were like, I believe, third overall in offense. Kellen Moore has transformed that offense and has turned them around. Yeah. And the defense just, I think they just had missed opportunities. Um, but if you look at their team, they have a bunch of studs on that defense, and it's scary. If they can get everything right, if they can gel together, that is a scary team. Yeah, and I have been personally really high on Gallup since he came out of Colorado State. I personally saw him torch Alabama in like one of the most impressive games I've seen any wide receiver play against Alabama. So like, don't sleep on him. They lost Randall Cobb. 
and the biggest shock to me was letting Jason Witten go to Vegas. I, you know, people are freaking out about Tom Brady wearing a different jersey. I'm not sure what Jason Witten's gonna look like in a different jersey. Yeah, for sure, My dude. That that was like I I didn't understand it. Me, yeah, that didn't understand. I didn't I didn't understand that at all. No, he comes back for a year just to play for the Cowboys, and then the next year he gets sent somewhere else. He gets signed somewhere else. Absolutely. So that that's that was, crazy. That but no, Blake. Awesome. I've actually been talking to Nate about from from Full Press. Shout out, real quick. Shout out the Full Press coverage. Those guys, man. It literally a bunch of geniuses in our Redskins group. I'm telling you, dude. It they just we have an analytics guy. We have a whole bunch of writers that just have a whole bunch of different opinions. And I've been talking. We were talking about Blake Jarwin, and um, my guy Nate. He just he kind of he was like, look, all I have to say is I'm not saying he's some stud. I'm not saying he's put up great numbers, but all I have to say is look out for him because he's one of those up and coming guys. And that's why they they believe in him, and that's why they gave him that big contract. Oh yeah, hundred percent. He definitely made some big plays last season, and with Witten gone, I definitely see his stats soaring up there. And uh, looking at the Giants, now to me, their moves were really personal to the Redskins because you get Colt McCoy, you take Bradbury, you sign Blake Martinez, like you take one of ours, and then you go after two guys that we were all wanting. Yep. But still, huge, you know, valuable moves. They needed it. So Saquon yeah. is just kind of floating out there by himself. Daniel Jones, I'm not high on him. Some people are. But, you know, signing guys like no. that, tagging uh, Leonard Williams, bringing him back, they're making some moves. Do you have any kind of worry about the Giants? How do you feel about them, you know, going into the draft? <laughs> so if I've seen a whole bunch of new mocks coming out, the only thing that makes me nervous is Isaiah Simmons dropping to them. Um, and I literally almost everyone that I've, I've looked at three or four mock drafts and they have the Giants drafting Isaiah Simmons, which yeah. to me is is like scary. If we don't get Chase Young, that is the next defensive player. Like, to be honest, and going, you know, in our chat, we've had yeah. discussions about Chase Young. I'm, I love day. him every day and I love him, um, but he, he's an animal. But I don't think that there is a big drop-off between him and Isaiah Simmons just for the fact that Isaiah can play almost every position on the defense, yeah. like literally. Um, and to have someone like that and that big and run a 4-4 is absolutely scary. Yeah, yeah. Um, so do – am I scared? No. I, I, I really believe that they're going to be I, – I, I'm going to be straight up. I think that we're going to be last in the division uh, barring any injuries, barring – someone crap into bed and just having a horrible season for some reason, I think the Giants are right above us. I don't see them winning. May, I may maybe see them going six, oh, you know, five over 500, um, but that's just me. I'm just not a big fan of Daniel Jones. Everyone that praises Daniel Jones, I don't get it. Like, he throws a whole bunch of parties at receiving core, and they're actually building something very nice there. I just don't see I don't see it. I, I don't. I, I don't. I don't see the hype around him. I don't see. I don't see me building a franchise around him. I just don't. No, I think Gettleman is as delusional as it gets too. I mean, he's bad. <laughs> Anytime he's talking, it seems like he has no idea what he's talking about. But like yep. I said, if they if they get Isaiah Simmons, you have Blake Martinez, Isaiah Simmons, James Bradbury. Like that's solid pieces that they're building around. And like I said, you know, getting Williams back on the line, huge. Um, but they yep. just, they need to find some help with Saquon, and I think they're going to go wide receiver heavy and tight end heavy in the draft. Um, so, I agree with They you. also have Evan Ingram. 
Once if he can get healthy, that's another scary tight end too. Yeah, he just he has so many injuries, and I saw him possibly sure. in the trading block. Um, but one thing that we saw, speaking of trade blocks, possibly uh, Ertz out of Philly. That's kind of been a little nugget that's been uh, kind of <laughs> hiding away mm. a little bit. If it's not this season, yeah. next season, because he's asking for high money, and it sounds like uh, the Eagles are not ready to pay for that. So, what would you give up for Ertz this season? Ooh, ooh. So, how old? I want to look him up real quick. How old is Ertz? Um, I had a guess. I would say like 28, 29. 29. Yeah, he's 29. So, I would. He's such a good player, man. I'd probably give him. I'd probably give him a third. Okay. Um, but this year, no. I don't for the just for the fact of people are willing to trade picks. And we don't have many picks to trade. That's the issue. Like people want Ron to trade for this guy, trade for that guy. And I granted, in a in a perfect world, I'd be so down for it. I got it. But we don't have that many picks. We don't have that much money. So that's why Ron is sticking to the plan, knowing Ron even said it. Like I, th- I don't even know if it was his initial interview or down the road, but he said in an interview or a press conference that. We're not going to win. Like, not essentially. He didn't say we're not going to win. But we're not going to just turn the season around and go freaking, like, 16-0. and 0. Like, yeah. it's just not going to happen. We have too many holes to fill. And he's more worried about getting the basics of football back, getting the culture changed, and making sure that all these players want to play for a team. Because we knew under Jay, everyone complained about how lackadaisical he was, how no one wanted to play for him. So even if we had a bad defensive coordinator – or a bad offensive coordinator, or whoever was put in place, because I know we got a lot of scrutiny for it. But it's just the fact that what I tried to tell, I was talking to somebody about it, and they were saying how, like, we don't need a linebacker because this linebacking core was only bad because of Greg Minuski. I was like, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. You can only blame a coordinator so much. At the end of the day, a football player plays football. The coordinator does not. So if you are at a position, that could be a 50-50. Either he could have put you in bad position, or maybe you just didn't put yourself in the right position. And if you miss a tackle, you can't blame the coordinator for missing a tackle or missing a coverage or anything of that nature. So when it comes down to it, none of these guys, in my opinion, showed that they wanted to play for this team. And then when you come to free agency, me and Carm, you know, kept talking about it. Who really? wants to play for Washington. That's true. We have to make this a desirable place and a place that people want to play for. So to think that we're going to turn this whole season around and like you said, signing all these big free agents and getting the top guys, it's not going to happen. We have to be very patient and do what the, you know, essentially the Dolphins, you know, what they started to do and what they're doing. It, I can get, I'm not going to say that they're going to be a winning season this year, next year, anything like that. But you have to first admit that you are not good. And we kept thinking this Bruce mentality, oh, we're one game away. We're one game away. We're one player away. No, we're not. And I tried to pre- preach that so many times last year. I was like, look, no. Oh, what about when Alex, you know, we won six games and this, that, and the third? I was like, look, at, at the end of the day, even if we went to playoffs that year, in my opinion, with Alex, we wouldn't have went far because we were just we were just getting by. 
all these games we were just getting by. And you have to start, you have to start, I don't know, like, you have to build a dynasty. Sorry, I'm kind of ranting, but, like, like, no, dude, it's, it's just, like, yeah. you you have to understand that, like, am I, do I want to trade for Ertz? Yes, I do. But you have to keep what you have because we don't have much. So, yes, yeah, there's two good points I want to hit on. You, you really got to think of it as if you trade all these players, then you have to pay everybody. But if you draft, you have these young guys that yep. are going to come in on these rookie contracts and get paid later. It's all about timeline and it's all about contracts. You can't take Ertz and Cooper and Hooper and just yep. sign all three of those, these huge deals, yep. and then trade away all your draft picks. That's yep. not how it works. And like I said with the Dolphins, they got smacked by the Patriots for many years, made some mistakes, drafted Rosen, you know, and just dealing with the whole debacle and quarterback situations and stuff like that. They, they did have to go through this hard time, and don't be surprised if they compete with the Bills now that, you know, the Patriots are in this rebuilding stage. It's a process, and now they're investing yep. all this money. So something I asked personally in our group chat was, what makes Washington and Miami different? And uh, I can't remember who said it in our group chat, but the answer was this, that that's what it was. The Dolphins have been doing this for a couple of years now. This is our, like, yep. I would realistically say second year. Like, as soon as Alex Smith got hurt, We've been starting to rebuild, um, so we just we need to be in that period, and it's going to take some time. But now the Dolphins are throwing money at guys, re-signing these big names. It's just part of the process, and they're in that stage now, and we're just not there yet. We're we're still trucking along, trying to figure out our foundation and everything. Um, do we expect anything huge next season? No. And if you have these unrealistic unrealistic expectations, and then you're just roasting Ron throughout the season. I don't have anything for you. You don't have the patience <laughs> because it is going to take some time. And, you know, we're excited about the draft, and there's definitely going to be some good picks that can help us out and get us there. But there's still some moves we're going to make it for you. Just eat, you know, this period doesn't just really end. There's still a ton of guys out there right now. Nope. And, you know, Dunbar might be going. And one thing we haven't thought about really is, do you think it's realistic that we could even make a big trade on draft day? Oh man, that's the only trade that I see happening. Actually, no. So there's two trades I see happening. Um, realistically, I don't think they happen, but realistically, they could. Um, we could trade out the number two position, which I don't. I don't see that happening. But it. I mean, depending. I mean, depending on. You know, I've seen a lot of people say that the Dolphins are going to trade up to get Joe Burrow. Um, so it just it all depends if they offer us three first round picks, a second round pick, and then another first round or a second round. Yeah. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like as much as we want Chase Young and we want that, you know, we want that that playmaker, that guy that's going to be on our team for a while to continue to make plays. I got it, but you're trying to tell me that three first round picks, a second round pick, and then a first round next year. Like I'm not saying that's going to happen, but if that was, like, that's really hard to turn down. Ron, you know what I'm saying, and then right, exactly, and and that's what I was trying. You know, when we were having that discussion inside the group chat, that's what people were not understanding what I was saying. Because if you guys don't know, we had a big discussion about do we get, uh, do we trade for Yannick if they're giving us two first round picks and um, let's just say like a later round pick for Trent, um, and uh, yeah, in the number two pick, and a lot of people just thought I was crazy. But it's the I fact of crazy. let's start. And but see, like the thing is, is I, I understand. I understand where you guys are coming from, and I understood every single point that was made. But to listen to it, 
You know what I'm saying? Like, let's really break this down. Is this the smartest decision to take one blue chip great player? Or if we can possibly have Isaiah Simmons, which is a very low possibility, but if we can get him at number nine, if we were to trade with the Jags, which is a surefire great pick, and then we can get a tackle or a wide receiver or somebody else at that number 20 pick, that helps this rebuild process faster than it already was. And so to just listen to what people want to give you is the smartest decision that Ron can do, in my opinion. Yeah, so, you know. I, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. The second the second one, real quick, is, is to, to, to combine maybe like the two two fourths to trade up back into the second or maybe combine a third and a fourth to trade, trade back up into the second so that we don't miss up on like a, you know, a surefire wide receiver or depending on who falls. I see that that could possibly be happening. But in reality, I think the Redskins have to uh, Redskins fans have to understand that I think we're going to going to stay put for every single one of our picks. Yeah, I think so, too. I think honestly, if nothing happens now with Dunbar, I think there's a possibility if someone does miss out on a corner in the draft uh, that they could, you know, seek out a trade. One thing I think. I think there's a huge possibility that if you know we have all these tackles it's a very heavy tackle draft but if someone misses mm-hmm. out say in the first round like say like the browns you know i've seen like worse uh possibly going there from iowa say they miss out on him and they just don't like the next guy and they take like a wide receiver or a safety or something in that first round spot part of me says i think they would be willing to trade like a third and a i don't know six maybe or a fifth for Trent. I think I think teams yeah. are still gonna want that, and I think I don't think his his contract demands are as high as people are saying. I think he's gonna be more realistic come draft time because that's that's pretty much your last chance to jump the ship uh, before yeah. you have to you know really report in April. So I wouldn't be surprised if something like that happens to me. Like that's my hope is you know some team's gonna get desperate for a, a left tackle. Like, oh shoot, the draft is happening so fast. <laughs> like we're missing out on our guy. <laughs> We need yeah. we need some experience, and uh, I think something like that could happen. Um, but you know, going off your point, the one thing that you know we all love Chase Chase Young. We want Chase Young. I to this day still want Chase Young. But like you said, do you you know get a guy like Yannick or even Clowney, seeing that his price tag's way cheaper than we expected? I think I said like what thirteen or fourteen now a year, which is yep. pretty freaking low. Uh, and then you still yeah, have Everton sure. Griffin out there. You know, getting that guy, you know, people say, well, get Chase Young on the rookie deal and, you know, not pay Yannick 20 a year. And that was my argument. But like you said, you're still getting that blue chip guy on the line and possibly getting Jerry Judy plus Josh Jones, the left tackle, plus maybe a second round pick. So, I mean, you really do have to think about it. And, you know, after this free agency, I think there is more of a chance of us trading back because you see these safe you know, valuable guys, these valuable signings. Part of me says maybe Ron, you know, sees the value in having more draft picks and goes that route. So I wouldn't be, you know, shocked. I think all Redskins Twitter is going to erupt if that happens. But, uh, you know, the, the draft is definitely approaching. We're ready for it. Uh, I definitely appreciate Steve coming on the podcast. Great things come out of him. Uh, he's got some things cooking that I'm hyped for. I know uh, he's not going to brag on himself, but I will for him. Let me see if anything with Dunbar happened. Yes, sir. No, so the only thing that I saw that Dunbar, I was actually looking through that. The only thing I saw that with Dunbar that was going on was that uh, Junior Gallet just tweeted out, signed Brashad Breland. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder who 
stuff. Legit. Just re- just retweeted Dunbar's uh, post about you know a new beginning, and then he said you guys should sign uh, Brashad Breland, which I mean to me that's like uh, I'm okay with that. So also what people have to understand is that Nate was also saying in, in the full press coverage is that he made a very valid point about Trent. Is granted you want to trade somebody while their value is high. And while they're not signing or drafting any like left tackles or positions of need yet, but also understand we haven't hit training camp yet. We haven't hit preseason. We haven't hit um, the season. And as the season goes on, people get hurt. So Trent will still have a, a, um, he'll still have people wanting him. What about, what if there's a, um, let's just say, for instance, I'm just going to throw out a hypothetical scenario. What if the Dallas Cowboys go to the playoffs and they're looking like they're about to make a run and Tyron Smith gets injured? You really think they're going to rely on their backup if they have a good deep run? I don't know. Now I'm not saying they're gonna, I'm not saying the Cowboys are going to trade for Trent Williams. I'm just saying in general, if somebody's making a playoff run and they need a left tackle, there's your opportunity right there. If they're in desperate need, you can now take advantage of their desperate need and get what you want for Trent. Yeah, and so if we don't trade him now, we have the possibility of trading him down the road, if that's still a possibility, if we don't rework a contract and bring him back. Yeah, for sure. And Tunsil just had surgery on his shoulder uh, from the Texans. They traded a good bid for him last season. So yep. you know, seeing things that he's on the trade block, something to keep a lookout too. They're not making the smartest moves, so maybe they can add no. more and throw us like a second or something. Yeah, Trent, but sure. Tunsil, I mean, you need that shoulder, so they they might have some concerns on that, but definitely going to keep an eye on that. If something happens with Dunbar or Trent or any other signings come up, uh, definitely you know keep an eye on Redskins Twitter. You know, here at the Birdie Number Podcast, you know I might be bringing the podcast, but there's some good guys out there bringing some good stuff. You know, Steve, let's talk Redskins. Like you said, we have this group chat. Go ahead and plug everybody up, man, because these are the guys you want to keep a look at, especially when the season starts. Yes, so if y'all want to go ahead and follow at Full Press Coverage, um, for sure, go ahead. Full Press Coverage, Redskins. Um, they look them up, FPC, Redskins. That's a good group of guys. Uh, a lot of good writing content. And then our show is like the only uh, podcast that is on that side of the house. Um, you go ahead and follow our guy, Alan Lepore, um, Redskins Rant. He's not really with full press coverage, but that's another good uh, one, of, one of our good friends. George Carmi, uh, Nathan Coleman, Ian Cummings. So all the guys, and by the way, Ian is actually writing for Rigo's Rag. And we actually just got shout out to our new guy we just got on full press coverage, um, Charles Gardner. He's one of the editors and writers for Rigo's Rag. And we actually just picked him up as one of our um, writers and editors for full press coverage. So um, shout out to all of them. Um, of course, our guy, Josh, you know, I, I, I mean him talk all the time and I continue to tell him if I don't eat and if everyone else doesn't eat, we're not doing it right. And so continuing to help each other out, Redskins fans, look, we're, we're all in this together. And I love to say this, that our, our motto at Let's Talk Redskins, is we are a, a show and a podcast by the fans for the fans. So I'm not some like big wig type of, you know, like I'm, I'm, I don't get paid for this. Um, I'm not a very like I'm, I'm I guess you could call me, I guess, kind of big on Twitter. 
but I'm not some like celebrity and but I'm I'm a fan and I love yeah. that that was like my biggest thing is I want to make a show about the fans and I wanted to make sure that fans voices were heard. And so like, it's just, we are all in this together. And if we don't support one another, we won't get anywhere. So like, I really appreciate you having me on the show, brother. No problem, dude. I mean, like you said, local media is nice, but at the end of the day, if it's fan made, it's, it's more organic. You know, I, I feel like fans have their own voice too. They might not feel like they're, as important enough to you know talk to like Redskins talk and stuff like that so I like having a platform for people to come on and speak and you know I have some fans coming on in some upcoming episodes um, but like, like I said the draft's coming up if you don't follow Adam from the B&G report you're definitely sure. missing out great reads I'm telling you this guy pushes me to look at every college player if I don't know him I want to know him by the end of the day so shout out to Adam and uh, like I said I got Cornelius Lucas coming up on a new episode uh, he's kind of waiting for everything to settle down and uh, move into the new location. But excited to see a little bit about him, hear about his story, and kind of introduce him to the fan base. And then Matt Miller, the draft expert from Bleacher Report, going to come on and talk about uh, a little bit of the draft. So I'll ask him a couple questions about scenarios and stuff like that. But I really want to get his input and see how much free agency really changed draft situations, not only for the Redskins, but the NFC East. So stay tuned. Definitely appreciate y'all chiming in, and I will see y'all next week. HTTR. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.